0: Good afternoon,
1: by <laughs> Good afternoon
0: <laughs> ma'am. Good afternoon.
1: Hello. <laughs> you, you,
0: you're such a ball of energy, and 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 like and it's so so amazing to have you on our podcast yet again, ma'am.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Honored to be here. And seeing that we know each other for like five years now, I only thought it would be fit to do this and just to spend time with you on your pod on your podcast, Pez Gwabantu. You know? It's an honor. I'm having fun already and I'm just loving it.
0: You know, the trials and tribulations, I feel like they are the ones that test one's character. Don't you agree?
1: I definitely agree with it. But they are the same trials and tribulations that when they test your character, they test you so that you can come out of that situation being better.
0: Interesting. You know what? It actually helps me to actually develop the... The the, the question that I would like to introduce into this discussion based on um, how do you find tribulations and trials to be as a growth factor in your own perspective?
1: So think of it or an analogy that like pops off in my mind is the process that gold goes through to be gold, right? So for gold to be Gold, it has to be dug up and when it's dug up it's not this shiny piece of thing that you normally see in the movies but it's yes. basically just a rock but they take this rock and using science and technology it goes through a process in a furnace and once mm, it comes yes. out it becomes the goal that we so appreciate and value today so that is the same way I see trials and tribulations it's that fire and in that fire yes it's hard yes you are burning but that fire is also taking you through a period of refining a period of purification and a period of just making you who you truly are and that's I have learned to see trials and tribulations and I can take a lot of different examples from my life experiences to showcase this, Um, but maybe just to use even one. I remember, you know, being a part of this organization called Inactus up it's a nonprofit organization that really is aiding communities and it's really focused on sustainable entrepreneurship um, and the triple bottom lining which is people profit and planet and i remember being so afraid in the beginning of being a part of this and you know joining to be a speaker But I realized that through the challenges of, you know, going through speaker training and questioning whether I can do this or not, going through all of these things and the sacrifice of recess. Now, guys, just to to give you a little bit of like, you (laughs) know, context, you literally finish your exams, right? And normally when you finish your exams and hopefully you don't sub, you get the privilege of going on this break, being with your family. But because I chose to be a part of Enactus and by the grace of God made it to be a national speaker, to be one of the national speakers, the recess of the year 2018 was used to Mm. stay on campus. We had early mornings, we had nights and you are memorizing these lines, you know, for this presentation. And it was tough. There was a night we cried. But in the end, that whole experience was such a great joy because it has really contributed to the person that I am today, not just when it comes to my speaking abilities, but also when it comes to learning about resilience and persevering and really coming out of seemingly tough times, a shining star. So that's how... For me, trials and tribulations have added to my life more than they have taken away. And if they have taken away anything, they have taken away what was not supposed to be there in the first place.
0: Come on. Come on now. <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. you making me feel <laughs> like a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no.
0: I really, I really, I really appreciate the 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 build up of a right? And and the the way it is, um, it has channeled you to challenge yourself, to break down, to break you down, and to Mm -hmm. build you up again. You're part of Elevate Africa. Tell us about Elevate Mm -hmm. Africa. What's it all about? You know. Mm-hmm. I I I I've, I've seen you on the on the on their Instagram page. How <laughs> did do don't uh, don't you question how I got to know about it. I have my sources. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Have my okay, people. sir.
1: We see you. Have my Uncle people. Ernie. I
0: have I have I have my spiders, I have my birds. They oh, whisper from goodness. the east. No. <laughs> We know what's happening. Tell us, And that just... Uh, sorry, Elevate Africa. What's it all about?
1: Okay, so Elevate Africa is a company started by the Miss Alma Akob, who is such a phenomenal um, leader, such a phenomenal person. And, you know, she had this vision of actually starting her own company where she could actually train voiceover artists as well as you know, provide the teaching or the training of public speaking, right? But at the heart of it also is just passing on the gift. So she realized that, you know, she has gotten all these amazing life opportunities as a result of refining herself in the art and the gift of speaking and she really just wanted to give that to other people whether you're a student whether you are now working it doesn't matter your age but she wanted to pass on the gift and how I come into the picture is Alma and I actually we were a part of an in 2018 and I had the privilege and the honor of sharing a stage with this amazing person, you know, who's just doing such great things in her, in her community and in her personal life. And, you know, when she asked me to be a part of, you know, the company as a co-director, I immediately had peace about the decision. I, I knew that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is supposed to be. And I know that for me, how I also saw it was when I was still a part of Enactus at that time. um, So I was training speakers in the year 2019, as well as in the year 2020, during the coronavirus pandemic. And it was online, but I really started to love, you know, this whole, you know, training speakers, seeing people from where they begin and then seeing the final product, you know, and the journey in between. And I absolutely love the process. So when she asked me to partake and to be a part of it in such a big way, you know, I was only, I could only be grateful, you know. So that's just a little bit about Elevate Africa and how I join and how I'm a part of it and I am so grateful for the opportunity and I can't wait to see where God is going to be taking Elevate Africa. And for all of you guys who are listening, check out our Instagram page at Elevate Africa. See if this is something that will best suit you. If you have any questions, slide in the DMs. We are more than happy to assist and help you guys.
0: You know that, that, that that's that's you see, ladies and gentlemen, you see, if you give an African woman an opportunity to talk, she will capitalise <laughs> everything. <laughs> she will capitalise everything. <laughs> no, uh, we I over here at the manuscript, we love it. We love it because, and we love mm. it. Because we this is mm. your platform, and yeah, and yeah for entrepreneurs for key players in the game this is mm. your platform you know what mm. i what i what, what i I've appreciated uh in in with the way you you actually advertised uh elevate Africa it's it teaches yeah. it, it, it it builds me over to ask you about the question of seeing an opportunity what does this mm. uh, uh, uh seeing an opportunity mean to you uh.
1: For me, seeing an opportunity really comes where there is a crisis, where there is chaos or where there is a gap, where there is a need that was supposed to be fulfilled and that has not been fulfilled yet. And that is what opportunity means to me. So for instance, let's take Elevate Africa, right? We all know how nerve-wracking it is to present something, whether it is you know, a class presentation, or if you are an entrepreneur, when you have to do your elevator pitch, right? And sometimes, or more often than not, you do find that there are people who have a lot of knowledge. These people are smart, they're intelligent, they know the ins and the outs of whatever it is, they're going to be presenting and speaking on. But the issue is articulating and expressing these thoughts to someone who can maybe fund their idea or to even a lecturer who will give you marks for what it is you're trying to present, right? And I feel like that was a bit of a, or it still is a bit of an issue we see today where you have smart people who struggle to articulate their thoughts and ideas using, you know, the English and the way that society is built today, when you even go into professional and corporate spaces, you know, you do find that and it's an unfortunate reality, I must add, you do find that people assume that when you speak a certain kind of English, it means that you are smart. And we've seen this, I've seen this in like happening in classes. You know, where certain peoples, whatever they were speaking on, they would get, you know, more marks or things like that just because of a certain accent of English. And that elevates Africa, right? We know that as Africans, we have different accents we have different backgrounds and that makes us who we are but being a part of Elevate Africa is not about changing the substance and the core of Africans or anyone who actually wants to partake in this journey but to Elevate Africa we realize that we also need to embrace Africa and we find that a lot of the times in society Africans are not being embraced for who they are so at Elevate Africa we are giving you the technicals to be who you are a refined version of yourself where you can still maintain your substance but you are able to not just survive in the outside world but also overcome the challenges systems that are said to in a way oppress us if you really look deep into it. And I'm really not a political person, but I state facts as I see them and when you also look at statistics. So, (laughs) 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 So, to now go back to your question about Opportunity for me, opportunities will only be seen if there are people out there willing to serve people where there is a need, and that is what Elevate Africa seeks to do, that is what Enactus UP seeks to do, and I also believe in many ways that is what Uncle Ernie's podcast also seeks to do. You have created this platform where you have invited different people from different backgrounds to share their stories, to hopefully help others out there listening to what we're talking about now to align to purpose. I
0: feel I feel ladies and gentlemen I feel like just closing this podcast and I'm and I'm out. <laughs> Pona, Pona, Pona is now the one who's who's running uh, the manuscript. Uh, I don't know how, how can I do that with lawyers. <laughs> no that's that's beautiful. Uh it's, it's a beautiful um uh, breakdown that you that you that you have right there, and and I think the audience will actually uh, enjoy and would be in in uh, intrigued to to join uh, Elevate Africa. So mm-hmm. for me, when for me, one thing that I'd like to like to take you to in into into conversing with me around is the aspect of family. How has your family played uh, a role in your journey thus far?
1: sure okay that is a very tricky one eh? but Mm. in the spirit of honesty and transparency you know i am going to share so i am a person who Like, I'm very layered and very colorful, as one of my mentors have described, which means that I can't ever just do one thing. And I've never been able to only just do one thing, right? And I genuinely believe that, you know, God has given me different, you know, talents or different ways of seeing life that allow me to, you know, follow and pursue different passions. Now, it does become a bit tricky where, you know, you, I genuinely do like school. Um, I'm the weird person who likes school. The educating part of it, not necessarily the system of it. And, you know, obviously your parents just want you to go to, you know, university. You get your degree and then you start to, you know, go into the workspace. But that was not really my story. You know, my story is one where I went to university. I studied, you know, psychology and for those of you who know how tough it is being a psychology grad, <laughs> guys, mm. it's very tough <laughs> because you can literally have the marks, right? but yeah. because of how selection happens, especially at postgrad and at master's level, you can literally be rejected due to space which I think is ridiculous and I feel like with my parents when I didn't when I wasn't accepted at UP to do my honors you know it did hurt them you know and Knowing the way that I am, I didn't give up. I applied with Unisa, and I got in there. And I had the privilege of doing my, you know, my honors there. It was also tough for different reasons, but let's not go into the Unisa one. It's still triggering a bit, but it's okay. We pray and we move. So I remember that when I was um, still an undergrad student at UP, and I joined in actus, you know, maybe there were people who would see how passionate I was about an accent and thought that, wow, you know. This person has it all together, but it's not really the case because then with my parents, they just wanted me to focus on academics. But at the same time, that is not me, like fully. And I had to make a decision to follow what made sense to me at that time. And that was pursuing a program that was helping communities. And the only time where I believed and they've also have shared it we did have a very open and honest conversation about it um this year the only time where they were actually like you know a bit like they could they felt like they could breathe <laughs> when it came to me and what i want to do with my life year 2020 just before our country was struck by coronavirus. And I remember that year when I didn't know what I was going to be doing with my life, whether I would be studying or working or what was the next plan, I nominated um, Ntate Palani, who I met through Enactus because I was one of the project leaders for... Um, for yeah, for I was the, one of the project leaders for that project. And it was only when I had nominated him and he won a national award and um, he got the one life life changer award and you know he was honored by so many different people you know and he said to me that night that because of our journey I have made him a person and I did not know how to feel about that because compliments generally make me feel some type of way but also when he said that I was just so overwhelmed with such great I felt like I played a... in making someone feel seen and making someone feel heard, especially when you consider what he went through. And that's maybe a story we can delve deeper into um, on another podcast. (laughs) Um, This is me, you know, hinting and nudging, you know? Sliding... You know, I'm sliding in the CV. But, you know, uh, to summarize a very long story, at the end, my parents only saw the fruits of those, that labor, of me laboring for basically like two years. We saw the fruit of that and really started to appreciate it in 2020. And, you know, it was tough, not always feeling supported. But I think what... You know, preceded that feeling was that someone's life was going to be changed. And I think in everything that I do, for me, as long as someone's life is going to be impacted in a big way, in a positive way, in a way where it's going to inspire others to do the same, I'm always game. Even when it hurts, even when you see sacrifice your time you will sacrifice your money you will sacrifice yourself but that is servanthood at its best and you now respect my decisions more because in a way as a child I had to tell them that the decisions I've made are the best decisions for myself and I think I've gained not, like, they've always loved me, but now I've truly gained their respect, not as their baby girl, but as their adult daughter. And for me, I'm grateful for the process, even though it wasn't easy.
0: So, sure. 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 <laughs> ah, This is fire! Fire! <laughs> so, um, I, I, is it, I think on, on the 9th of uh, October, the world was observing yes. mental health day. I, I mm. please correct me if I'm correct. What does the how do we keep ourselves like when you know I'm just looking at your journey so far? You're telling me like, yes. your bride was yes. you know, you know, are y'all trying to negotiate with the black parents? Like, yo, listen, this <laughs> is what I want to do. And they like, it's no, <laughs> yeah, so how did you manage to keep your mental health um, healthy? Uh, did, did you meditate, did you pray, did you write poetry, did you sing about it? How did you uh, manage your, like, like exercise your mental health so that it is in good tip-top shape?
1: Okay, so for me, um, I did quite a few things, right? So yeah. one of the things that I pride myself in doing and that I learned, like, in high school because I did struggle a bit with my mental health, I was never diagnosed depression but i definitely know that i had the symptoms of you know depression and go to a very place where i did believe that i was worthy what i took from then are the same things that i apply now you know i had a very loving family i still do have that and i had friends at the time who were really supporting me they were genuinely there for me you know and I could feel and I could receive their love and that actually helped me break out and after that whole period I remember going on a mission trip and that mission trip just showed me more of what I am purposed to be doing so fast forward to was um there were days where it was tough but that is where now also my faith in God, like being intentional um, about devoting, <laughs> amen, amen, you know, being intentional about my devotion in the morning. I you 2017 where second semester I was doing, you know, six modules um, in humanities but doing three different years because I transferred from the theology faculty to the humanities um, faculty. So I was doing four first-year modules, one second-year module, and I was doing one third-year module. At second semester, when the jacarandas start blooming, you know, it's tough, but I remember just being steadfast and just trusting God that I will make it through, right? And that's how you just start to exercise the faith muscle. And I also believe when I started to exercise that faith muscle, also my mental health began to improve. I also, you know, later on, like when I was doing my post, you know I I was working out more you know trying to do this healthy eating lifestyle and all of that and just doing things that you love another thing that I also did in 2018 I remember where there was a period where I just felt like my life was just crashing in front of me and i took myself to you know the the student facilities at tugs where there are psychologists there and it's it's free of charge while you don't physically pay but it is free and i remember telling myself i'm i'm not gonna cry when i get into that session you know i was kind of hyped myself about not crying and all the psychologists said to me was hi and I burst into tears. <laughs> and I just remember, you know, she gave me tissue. She was consoling me. And then we started the process there. But I loved therapy. And it just made me fall even more in love with a psychology student and being an aspiring psychologist, counseling psychologist at that and really just wanting to be the person that I feel that I desperately needed when I was in high school and I was struggling to navigate with certain, you know, feelings that were obviously taking me to a dark and a bad route, but it's because of the support structure that I had, it's because of the mindset that I chose to have during that period that evoked something in me to say like okay you know where we're doing this life thing to be okay and even these days the thing that I always tell myself is it's going to be okay it's going to be okay and it's not being in denial you have to obviously acknowledge when things are falling apart but you just are hopeful that things will be better and that is how I literally got better when I started to believe that because what a lot of people may not really understand when it comes to matters of you know mental health and issues is that sometimes we are the ones putting it on ourselves and I'll just use one short example before we move on to the next question you know there's this saying that we have popularized today as a generation where we say Um, It's okay not to be okay. And although that is true, and although it is great that you are validating that in this very moment you're not okay for whatever reasons that put you there, we also need to start now getting into a space where we are now saying, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not being okay. And I think for me, that is the way to be healthy. We need to start speaking positively. Um, obviously, yes, again, acknowledging the reality of your situation. But belief and the power of the mind is really something a big force to be reckoned with. And it's not something to be taken lightly.
0: Sure. Sure. You know what, Pona? You know, yeah. uh, we, got, we got 30 minutes on this show so we got we are now on 26 minutes but uh yeah we you you need we need to invite you over for a part two with Pona. and it's going to be <laughs> no no i'm serious i'm serious uh, yeah. we need to I, i'll have to i'll have to talk to the ceo which is me uh <laughs> to, to, to
1: come on be your <laughs> own boss yes <yeah>? <laughs> like that how,
0: how we how we gonna have a part two but uh other than that man uh, I don't want to take much away from you. Uh, How's the future looking like for Pona as we wrap up the conversation?
1: As we wrap up, I'm going to be very honest with everybody. I don't know. I don't know. But what I am confident in is number one, the God that put me here on this earth. And number two, the purpose that he has given me. Those are the only two things I'm confident in. But other than that, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what it carries. And I don't want to put that kind of pressure and expectation on me. For me, what drives me every day is purpose. And it looks different. I mean, one day I'm here, I'm doing psychology. The next thing, I'm at Enactus. The next thing, Elevate Africa The next thing, I'm working, you know, for Fashion House and Josie Angels. Everything looks like a mixed masala. But at the end of the day, it's for purpose. And it's done in the name of purpose.
0: Lovely. Miss Bonetero Cebola, till we meet again in part two, eh?
1: Definitely I am game and it was really such an awesome time I didn't even feel like it was an interview It just felt like we were catching up Because we haven't like been doing the catch up ever since like COVID Because life has been a bit tough and all of that But I am so thankful that you thought of me when you thought of your podcast It really means so much to me And I
0: appreciate you <laughs> We appreciate you Miss Bola and thank, you. thank you so much, ma'am. Till we meet again.
1: Till we meet again. Bye, everyone. Stay blessed. Love you all.
0: Bye. And that's Bye. what we have to uh, to, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'll check you out in the next episode of the manuscript. Sayonara for now. Yvai out.